Hello. Hello. Oh, I got it closer. We're late night casting. Yeah, it's a little bit different for us. It's a little different. It's Friday at 9 o'clock. I'm just super happy not to be flying solo here. Well, this is the only time I could be here. So I appreciate your uh, flexibility. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I'm excited to be able to sit here and have the microphone in front of us and talk about the gospel. And, you know, it's just, I enjoy doing this with you. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, so we are talking about the gospel, and we are in week two of our Advent series because it's the middle of December. Sort yes, of. yes, it is. Uh, so what is the theme this week? <clears throat> Uh, well, the sermon title is The Promise, and we're going to be looking at the promise of a Savior, that, that uh, Jesus came because God always keeps his promises. And so from the very beginning, we talked about this a little bit last week. It's kind of hard in all of these weeks not to talk about the other weeks. It all kind sure. of bleeds together. <coughs> Excuse me, super cut. But in, it's coming. Anyway, as we're, um, as we're looking at this from the very beginning... And I think you already mentioned uh, that your your devotional about this stuff spoke mm-hmm. to Genesis three fifteen. The first mention of that promise. That's right. Yeah, the beginning of the gospel, and 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 in this first telling of the good news in Genesis three fifteen, it, it's actually part of the curse. And so, mm-hmm. as as the fallout of sin is communicated from the Lord, primarily to the serpent, and then. Um, after that to the to the woman and to the man part and parcel of the curse of the fall is that god already has provision made he's already got this plan set out he already is next week <laughs> well, well, and, and his plan is perfect and right. so as we're going through this we we start out in perfection we have this problem right. god promises a savior to redeem us from it which is the provision that he's making mm-hmm. and it ends up culminating in once again perfection he's he's restoring all things so all of the good news that we see from genesis to revelation from the beginning of time to the culmination of all things all is this this act of God restoring all things, reconciling everything to himself, starting with us and Christ right. reconciling us to himself uh, by undoing the sin problem, reversing the curse, so to speak. And then eventually the fullness, the, the fullness, the full culmination of all of that, um, that's that's our future. That's where we're headed. That's why we have a hope. Yeah, I think a few weeks ago you uh, start. I don't think you read all of them, obviously, but... You started to list all the books in the Bible where Jesus was mentioned before Jesus, before even the New Testament. Yeah, I stole somebody else's chart, right? But, <laughs> but you know that's a lot of work that right. I don't need to do. But right. but to to see that um, when Jesus was you know after the resurrection, when he's teaching from Moses and the prophets, and he's going through the Old Testament scriptures and mm-hmm. uh, teaching about all these things that point to him. It's like, hey, this is me. Things that, that they weren't seeing. Right. It had always been there. Right. It was always God's intent. It was always God's plan. The Messiah was always going to do the things that he did and was always going to suffer and die and mm-hmm. be resurrected. Mm-hmm. And God promised those things early. Right. And so Jesus just comes back, just connects the dots for him. Right. Just says, here's, here's what the law and the prophets have always said. Here's what I told you was going to happen, and here's how it happened. And you can see that what I told you is exactly what Moses and the prophets all foretold. So the the idea behind this, when we see him coming, and and I, I sometimes I'll ask myself, why why does it matter? Why is the prophecy important? Because you know Matthew focuses on the prophecy, um, 
Mark focuses um, not quite as, you know, his he's got more of an action-packed, you know, we're going to move through this quickly. Um, but still, you, you see these fulfillments of prophecy brought out. Luke, who's a Gentile, focuses heavily on, on the prophecies being mm-hmm, ful- mm-hmm. fulfilled. And especially that one catches me. Why would a Gentile care about the Hebrew Scriptures being fulfilled so much? Uh, John talks about the same things. Paul, of course, goes back, you know, and we see him and Peter both in, in the book of Acts talking about how Jesus is exactly the one that God had promised and had sent. And, and in Galatians 4.4, 4, uh, he talks about the, the fact that in the fullness of time, when everything was ready, when everything had come to the right place, God sent his son to be born of a woman. Because he'd promised that. He had promised all of these things. And so this this whole importance, the weight of it, yes, it identifies Christ that that's a significant thing it, and should not be in any way uh, devalued because mm-hmm. that's a big part of, like Matthew in particular, he's making the case in the gospel that Jesus is who God was sending mm-hmm. because he fulfills, he, he checks all the boxes. He is who he, who he said he was. But I think there's a practical thing for us, and maybe practical is not the right word, but but there is there's a life application for us that... When God says something, he does it. And we're so used to, you had referred to this a a while back, we're so used to temporary relationships. We're Mm -hmm. so used to people breaking promises. Mm -hmm. We're so used to, you know, especially now, you know, ever since the 60s and we've we've got this idea of no-fault divorce and all these things, we're just so used to people making vows, getting out of vows, you know, even... Even in like high school dating, mm-hmm. we, we groom ourselves for the breakup. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. You're going to date. You're at 12 years old. Everybody's got to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Thankfully, my daughter does not. I'm very happy for that as a dad. But, but that, I mean, that's, you know, all these little, little kids on Facebook. And, and even, you know, before we started the podcast, we were talking about Disney. You watch Disney Channel stuff. Everybody's smooching everybody. It's always about trying to get that kiss and stuff. I don't want to smooch nobody yeah. about my dogs. <laughs> yeah, your your boy's got some. He's got That's some smoochable true. cheeks right there. But, he's got a lot uh, of snot going but, on right but, now, though. So. But there's so much <laughs> that that makes a great Advent devotion. Yeah. But there's so much happening that trains us for temporary relationships right. that trains us for broken promises and it's expected and yeah well, I, mean, I was gonna say we almost become used to that yeah i mean we're, we've got this you know there's always a political campaign season going on right, <laughs> you, right, you, know, right. you but we're get about done to with one you start right. again and and we see this now and all of these candidates so regularly and right now it's the the democrats republicans do the same thing differently but it's you know they they make promises that so often just don't even make sense. You right. know, Elizabeth Warren, not to single anybody out, but she keeps talking about having a plan for all these things. And you look at the plan, I'm like, maybe you should quit talking about your plan because the math doesn't work. It can't work. It's illogical. No part of this could possibly be expected. We're going to have to put an explicit thing on the <laughs> But the reality is... Nobody cares because well, right. we just expect people to make well, promises the old, whether they keep them or not. That's the old stereotype and the joke when you in, in during a you know a political election right. season you see all these commercial smear campaigns or whatever and you we just assume right. that people are lying about other people and we're okay with it. Right. Like, and, and right or wrong, we right. throw those stereotypes out. We like to talk about how I just noticed by the way that's a very nice jacket. I like your little Thanks. They can't see it on the so, podcast. Uh, <laughs> it just uh, we we've been talking this whole time and it just We've been here for oh, like an hour. Nice. 
But anyway, uh, it's, it's cozy. But but you know everybody likes to get worked up and offended by stereotypes. Except right. for we'll still stereotype politicians and lawyers right. and used car salesmen. You know if you're if you're a salesman, then you're you're obviously you're, you're going right. to say whatever you need right. to say to make the sale. Politicians are going to promise whatever they need to promise. Lawyers are going to do whatever it takes to win. Unfortunately, too often those stereotypes are, are true. Mm -hmm. But the fact well, that we could all be stereotyped into something. Of, of course <laughs> we could. That's why all the being offended by everything doesn't make any sense. Right. Because it, it anyway, I'm getting off off topic. But as as we see our normalization of these things of of just not being true to our word mm -hmm. and and we become so callous to that mm -hmm. that we don't expect anything else right but god's not like that and it's almost so, a defense it's almost a protective layer at some point I, yeah i i mean i know that that's true but I, even beyond the protection part of it we get to a place where we just don't even. Well, it, right. It's I like think a fish in the water. That way. We don't even right. notice, right. right? I think it so, starts out that way, and then, like you said, you become so callous to it that yeah. it's just like, well, right. It's just yeah. life. So that you have that defense thing, right. but, but then we end up just, you know, we don't even know we're wet. Right. You know, we're we're so so completely engulfed in it. And Christmas is kind of the antidote for that. Mm -hmm. So as we see the coming of Christ, we see the 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 advent. It, it's it's more than nostalgia that brings us to a childlike place, uh, uh, this, this beautiful innocence and all of the, the romantic things that, and, and I don't mean romantic in a, in a coupling sense, but, but the, just the, the fantastical, warm, nostalgic pieces that go along with everything. It's not just that that brings us back to this state of innocence during this season. In, in some very real sense, there's a connection, and I think maybe often it's an unconscious connection, with the reality that God is keeping his promise. When we, when we hear the glorious song of old and, and we think of, of the fact that this baby was born and it was declared and it was promised in advance, and here it is. Here's, here's this child who's more than a child. Here's this this baby who's the king of all kings, and we know that you're going somewhere with this. Right. It's a reminder, however subtle for most of us, it's not subtle at all, but for our, however subtle we may take that, it's this fantastic reminder that there is hope. There is a great future. There's a reality that, that gives us hope because God does make and keep promises. And then think of all the promises that he's made right. so that we have to look forward to. So, so it then, gives us hope yeah. for that. So if we can count on this, to, he that he actually this. showed right. up, right. okay, God keeps his promises. And then we see that right. not only did he show up, but he did these things that right. confirm these the, the fulfillment of these promises. That's the hopeful part to me, is yeah. there's all this yet to come yeah. that he's promised, and we can rely on that because we know from this that he keeps his promise. So when he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, right. we can count on okay. it. When he says, I'm coming back again, right. we can count on right. it. When he says, all of the evil will be made right, we can count on it. When he says that the things that we're going through here are temporary, this is this is small potatoes, and it's working a greater eternal glory. We can we can bank on that, and that gives us His promise does provide us with our hope that that this promise of a Savior 
that has already been kept mm -hmm. is the that's the the guarantee of the other promises that he is still keeping right that that's a powerful thing that maybe we you know don't always think of consciously during this season, but it's the heart and soul of, of what we're talking about. We will stop there, but uh, yeah, be sure to listen into uh, this Sunday sermon on uh, the promise, and we'll talk more about it next week. I feel like there's just an endless amount of stuff to talk about here, so I'm excited for it. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. All right, we'll talk to you guys later.